When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. It's brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners today, 20% off plus free shipping with the code Rabble at manscaped.com. So go and check it out. I've heard it's good. I'll not ask MD for a, for a rundown while you will leave that till later on. But anyway, welcome, <laughs> welcome guys. Uh, my name's Derek. I'm hosting tonight. My name's Derek Millen. I'm joined by William Melvin. How you doing, William? All good, mate. Also joined by Stevie. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. And also, Wolf, how are you, mate? Good? Nah, I can mate, but apart from that, I'm fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, good it's stuff, mate. It's been a long week, isn't it? Um, for me, the, the months are flying by, but the days are dragging, and it's weird. Anyway, we'll start. We'll start with the big news today. It was a uh, the draw for the Europa League last sixteen was made, and we've drawn against Slavia Prague. So, Steve, what's your what's your initial thoughts on that? On getting Slavia Prague in the last sixteen? Well, initially, it was uh, probably a wee bit of relief. We maybe missed some of the bigger teams in there. To be honest, um, don't know too much about them, but uh, I think that we kind of get lucky, and it maybe a uh, we could definitely get a harder tie, but. Um, Looking into it a bit more, there's definitely they look like they've got a better quality about them as well. I don't think it's going to be as easy as game as maybe people initially thought. And looking at it last night, they obviously put Leicester out two away from uh, away from home at Leicester, so uh, they've obviously got a wee bit of quality in there. But I'm happy with it. I think it could have been a lot worse, and I definitely think it'll be a competitive game. And um, I think we've got enough to, to do a good account ourselves, basically. And um, I am happy with it. I'm happy. I I think I think Stevens Stevens bang on. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, we could have been could have been one of the, the so called Champions League teams that are that are in there. I I sort of I don't know Slavia. I would call Slavia a sort of a mid range team that we could have got. You know, there's te- there's teams that would be, would be perceived to be easier for us. Although you don't get easy games in the last sixteen of European competition right enough. Um, but I mean, the way the way I'm thinking about it is everybody was saying yesterday before. Before the games, if we go through, we don't want to get Leicester City. And Slavia, Pla- Slavia Prague, if I can say it, put Leicester City out. So that tells you that they're nobody's mugs. And looking at the way football fans look at things, Slavia Prague are the length of Socky Hall Street ahead of Sparta Prague in the league. Sparta Prague took eight off of that other lot, so we shouldn't we should stand a chance. If you, if you use football logic. Yeah. Lucky football's not logical then. Hey, well, were you happy with that? <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's it's one of those draws. Like, you can obviously sit and pick out teams that you think are of a lesser quality. You know, a lot of people had obviously treated a bit molder, but then they knock out a top Bundesliga team. So, you know, I totally agree with Wolf. I think when you get to this stage of the competition, it's it's quality across the board. 
it might just be that you know the names don't match up kind of thing. But you know, you don't get to this stage if you're not a good team. You've obviously beat good teams to get to this stage of the competition. So, you know, we're not being disrespectful to anybody. Slavia is clearly going to be a tough test over the two games. Uh, you know, because I said before the pod started, I think this will be a, a totally different two legs to Antwerp. I don't see he's been quite so open, quite so attack-minded. I think we'll be a lot more kind of savvy away from home and hopefully try and steal that away goal. But yeah, look, Slavia looked a, a pretty good team from what I see in the highlights against Leicester. And they've got a couple of real quality players at the top end of the pitch that come maybe the end of this season, there'll be a few of the top teams in Europe sniffing about these guys without a doubt. Yeah, I think my initial thoughts when I seen it, I kind of wrote down, because I'm sad, 1-15, who I wanted to get. And, and Slavia Pag were actually, you know, second top of that list after Mulder. But when I, as Steve said earlier on, i done a wee bit more digging into them. And, you know, the, the Europa League group they had itself was Leverkusen, Nice and Beersheva. And they came through that group all right. Probably the highlight is they lost 4-0 to Leverkusen. You know, I'm trying to look at, from a Rangers point of view, where's the weaknesses here and, you know, they did lose 4-0 to Leverkusen. Obviously, we played them this season and, and lost 1-0, although that was right at the very start. I mean, the top of the league, as you said, Wilf, do you think, and they're undefeated as well in the league, which is obviously, so are we, hopefully, and we still are by the time it comes. Do you see that them being confident of drawing us, or do, do you see them us as a banana skin for them? Do you think they fancied it? I think, I don't think they were, I don't think anybody was looking forward to drawing us, but I think... That uh, they, the checks were probably the same boat. They're looking at it saying, right, what's the what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? We'd probably be one of their. We'd probably be on the same level for them as we think they are for us. If that makes sense, they would probably have preferred to get Mulder or Granada, but they, but they would have wanted to avoid Milan and Man United. So they're probably happy enough to have us because for them it could have been an awful lot worse in their in their eyes, you know. But it could have been a little bit better. So I think it's. As, as William says, I think it could be a, it could be a cracking tie. They should be two two well matched sides, so it could could be really good. Yeah, I think that's fair a fair point. When you look at Slavia, you know I'm trying to look at it from like a non Rangers point of view. So if it be like disrespectful to Rangers, obviously when you look at it from Slavia's point of view, they probably think that's a pretty good draw for us. You know we've no get some of the top teams that's in. You know, you know, sort of remaining in the competition. So it's probably two kind of teams that are semi-happy with the draw, in all honesty, because they've stayed clear of the big, big boys in the competition. But then, like, you see, like, some of the other draws, like, sort of Granada could go through into the last eight. You know, like, Reign of the Slavia Prague could make it through to the last eight. I mean, that's a big deal, considering we're not really deemed to be some of the top leagues in Europe. So, you know, it's a big deal. So I'm really looking forward to the two games. I genuinely think it will be one of those really tight tactical two games. I don't think it'll be quite as open as I said earlier, but genuinely really looking forward to seeing how good this Slavia team is after knocking out Leicester. Yeah, I think that's definitely right there as well, because I think the, I think it's going to be a good contest. I think, like the guys are saying, I think both teams are probably generally quite happy. I think it could have been worse, but it could have maybe been a wee bit better. But I think it's probably quite evenly matched across the board. I, I, I can see that Slavia Prague are probably a wee bit more tighter defensively and a wee bit better going forward in Antwerp so it's definitely a level up and I think we've got to look forward to that see the players uh, playing against a better team as well and see how they, how they actually manage it because that was one of the things see if we got a bigger team maybe a Man United or a Tottenham or something like that I was actually really looking forward to seeing how the, the players managed against a higher quality player like a Kamara in there and see how he was going to compete, compete against them so but it's definitely a level up again from like Antwerp, so it should be a good game. I think it'll be like uh, William saying, I think it's going to be very, very tactical. I don't think there's going to be as many goals as the last round, to be honest. But you never know. You never know. But uh, I still think we'll probably get enough to see it out, to be honest. Yeah, we'll for that for, me, for that to happen, we, we'll really need to tighten up at the back. I think because we've lost yeah. we've lost a few sloppy goals in Europe this year. Not 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 just in the games with Antwerp. When you go back to uh, the group stage, we lost a few a few sloppy goals as well. And as Stephen says, it's uh, it's a, it's another step up. I don't I don't think they're Benfica level, but it's still it's a step up from no. Antwerp. So you know we'll need to tighten up a bit at the back, but, but we'll, we'll certainly make chances because we're really good confirm. So it should be a, should be a really really good couple of games. There's a couple a couple of key points. I'll just pick I'll pick out of them if you don't mind, William. 
we um, we mentioned that Slavia would be happy. That I heard on the radio tonight that actually the players were celebrating when they heard they got Rangers. So I hope Stephen Gerrard has let the let the yeah. boys know that, and I hope they've heard that same thing because yeah, they, they're going to get a fright if we hit form like we did last night. They're going to get a fright. Put it that way. Uh, and I, I, I thought it was quite funny when I heard that. But the other point you've mentioned is obviously William we're losing goals um, in Europe, unfortunately, the last couple of games and even in the group stages. For me, Ryan Jack is a big part of that in Europe. How key is it to try and get him? Or hopefully, he'll be back for the 11th of March for the first leg. Yeah, I think it's massive. I think we've spoke all season about the importance of Ryan Jack and the way that he sits in front of that back four and protects it. You've seen at times when he's out, we do lack that player that can do a similar style of job. And it's really difficult to try and teach somebody to do that job because it gets us. I don't know, like it's like a natural thing for Ryan. He just does it so well. In the past, we've had guys like Stuart McCall could do it really well. And I think that's something that, like moving forward, that's probably the type of player we are now looking for as a replacement for Ryan, like further down the line. Because you do need to start thinking about that. But I do think over these two legs, we all need to be very sharp defensively. If we could see probably any more than two or three goals over the two legs, I think we could be in trouble. Because this team just don't seem to concede that many goals overall. And I think if we can look at that Leicester team, and I know they had Madison missing last night, but to keep them goalless over two games is a pretty difficult task, you know, given how Leicester play. They're usually pretty open, pretty attack-minded. So that would suggest that we're going here for hands full, trying to score goals, never mind stop them conceding at the other end. I think that's a yeah. good point there, sorry, um, as well, because... I think we maybe got away a wee bit with it last last night and other leg other game as well in a sense that we could probably out punch Antwerp attackingly. I think we Gerard felt like we could score more goals than them. So in a sense we could get away without having Jack, but I think it is quite important that he's probably if we can get him back in the next game. because a wee bit of a worry is not only that we're losing goals in the last couple of games in Europe, but some of them have been quite poor goals in my opinion as well. We're kind of let in. I, I felt like defensively we could have easily cut out some of them. I think in the first leg as well. Uh, some of the uh, goals we conceded for like the sort of set pieces weren't too great, and it's no like us to be honest either this season. So, um, I definitely think Jack could go in there and probably tighten us up a wee bit because I think what William was saying, I don't think there's going to be as many goals in this, and I don't think if we can if we can see, concede too many, I think it'll be a big ask for us to be honest. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not just the goals we're conceding; it's the chances we're giving up. You know, it's not. They're, they're not. They're, Antwerp scored scored five over two games, but they had, they had a few other chances beside that. And as Stevie said, okay, we were always going to outpunch them by scoring more goals on them, but they they could have got another another few goals. I mean, that 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 tie could have ended up aggregate score of eighteen twelve or something. The amount of chances that were flying about, yeah, you know. And but go back to the point there like about them celebrating when they when they found out the draw. I actually saw it on the news today. That's the footage of it. They were on the plane. They must have been fly, just getting ready to fly back. Hopefully, the guys on the on the phone at the front of the plane, and all he said all he said was Glasgow. They all start jumping about. So hopefully, Rangers have got that footage. Well, and at the team meeting, they say, "Look, guys, this is what they think." Well, you know, that's that's the team talk done. Well, hopefully, they underestimate us. As I said just a couple of minutes ago, if they underestimate us, they're going to get a fright. Uh, we we won't we won't underestimate them. Our, our coaching staff's too conscientious for that. We'll be expecting a, 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 a massive level up from from Antwerp, and for me that'll bring out the best in us as well. I thought we were a bit loose last night because we probably knew we were better in every department than Antwerp, whereas it's a lot more even now. So I can see a more cautious approach, and for me that brings out the best in us. So what, um, Wolf? Come back to yourself. The away games first on the eleventh of March. Do you see that being a benefit because we can go and almost feel them out in this first game? It's it's only a benefit if we score out there. Mm. I think we really, we really need the away the away goal. I mean, if you go, if you if you, if, you, if the first legs at home, you know what you've got to do away from home where away goals are concerned. You know whether the opposition scored an away goal or not. But if you're going up to me, if you're going away first, you really need to score. If we go there, even if we if we lose sort of two one or three two or whatever, which I hope we don't do, but it's the important thing is that we that we score out there. You know that gives us that because that gives us some that means they have to come at us when we come back. They can't just sit in. Yeah, what would what, what, what do you think? What we think of the home? Do you think we've got any advantage being away from home first? Or are you not too bothered? I suppose like, they all kind of 
sort of rule of thumb used to be you preferred to play away from home first because you wanted to see what you had to bring back to Ibrooks. But I don't know how much it matters now with the fact there's no fans in any of the stadiums. Um, I don't know if that's quite the benefit maybe that it once was. Like if you went to Prague and get an all-nil draw and then you come back to Ibrooks, you had 50,000 you know, Rangers fans bouncing about the stadium. It can sometimes be a shock for the teams, but they're not going to have that. So I don't know how much it means as it once did. For me, I tend to agree with Wolf. I think it's important we get the away goal. You know, I think when you go to these games at this stage of the competition, obviously last time around we drew a Leverkusen team who were just a different level for us on that night. And guys like Havertz were just too much quality. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously Slavia aren't of that standard, but you know, if you go over there and lose two nothing, it's going to be a hell of a battle to come back from that. So I think it's important we go, we hopefully get the clean sheet and all being well, maybe try and steal that away goal. I totally agree with the guys there, to be honest. I think, it, like William's saying, if you're coming back, your away legs first and you're coming back and you maybe need a couple of goals, if you can get an early start and the fans are there, it can really get the place rocking and they can actually put the, the bit of pressure on the team, do you know what I mean? So, but this team are quite. I, I'm quite comfortable with this team going away from Rangers, going away from home, and doing a job over there. I've, the, the confidence they've, they've kind of given or put into the fans over the last few years is has been brilliant. And I think as well what we were saying previously about that video. I've not seen it myself, but Rangers are. I feel like they're a big game mentality. This team as well. They turn up in the big games, and they'll be looking forward to that. So it'd be like I, they'll all be delighted when they've seen that. And like you say, if we can underestimate it, and we can go there. And they underestimate us, and we can maybe get a goal uh, and try and keep their goals down to the minimum. Then I, it's, uh, it'll be, I think we'll be half we're happy with the away game for us. Yeah, my, my old grandpa always says, never underestimate the Glasgow Rangers, and if they underestimate us, then they're going to get a fright. So I'm looking forward to it. Great distraction to have at this time of the season. It's it's great to be involved, and it's testament to to Gerald and his, his team that he's got us to this stage again. It's almost becoming. Uh, a guarantee now that we're getting into these stages and hopefully we can kick on but if we can just go back now to the game last night I mean stages I thought this is going to be just as crazy as the previous Thursday night now Wolf we obviously ran out 5-2 winners and you know it was comfortable in the end but it was just a bit too hear him scare them for me what do you think? Oh, it was it made me look ridiculous because on the pod last week I said that first, first the first <laughs> leg was the way it went Second leg will just be a damn square. It'll be a boring old game, two nothing and, and chips it up the road. But it was just last night was ridiculous. Absolutely, I mean it was we scored early and everybody thought, right, that's it. You looked at your social media, everybody thought that's it, game over, job done. Nice and comfy, get another one. And then easy 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 foot off and just just coast it. Then we let them right back into the game. One's up at half time. And then we scored the second goal. We thought, well, that's it. P- perfect. But but it's nice and easy. And then before you, before you know where they are, you're sitting three two. Think well, if they score again, they only need one for extra thing. You know what I mean? It was it was absolutely. We went from being so relaxed and nice and easy to oh shit, this could be extra. This could be extra time shortly. And then as you say, we just ended up ended up coasting at five two. It was it was it was a ridiculous 180 minutes of football really. To be honest, I mean the two games had absolutely. The only thing that was missing last night was a red card. I mean absolutely everything else last night. You know, penalties, a couple of strange refereeing decisions. Morelos being being a sportsman that we didn't we didn't know that he was, which at the time everybody was everybody was astonished because it's one one. He's bearing down on goal and he just stopped because the guy pulled up. Now in hindsight, it was a wonderful thing for him to do, really really nice. But if we'd gone on and lost the tie, I don't think we'd be saying that. Nah, nah. I, just just on that, Wolf Central Mal coming again. I'll be now. If we had lost, he would have come in their pelters for that. But I mean, fair play to him. You know, I didn't know he had that side to him. And, you know, they were going on about how much of a saint Paolo Di Canio, etc., was for doing it. Let's, we'll see if Morelos gets the same adulation. Now, Stevie, did you get a, were you worried at any point last night? Or do you think that, you know, we always had it under control, even though we might have been in the edge of our seats? Um, there was a wee point just before they scored and just after they scored where they started to really come into the game where I was thinking, um, we may need to try and get a hold of this game a wee bit, but ultimately I think probably like everyone was thinking the same as I felt we had enough in the tank. I felt we probably like we said earlier, we uh, more than them pretty much every sort of position of the field I felt. Um, but 
it was just we started brilliant. It's the best I've seen Rangers that I've came on this pod so many times. We just said I love a fast start, and it's the best we started for a long time. To be honest, like Kent was the pressing for the front three was just was just fantastic, and um, I it was it was a great game. It's been a great two games to be to be honest, and uh, I just kind of wish more games of football was that, especially in the in the SPL. You don't really see as many teams coming at us and open as, being as open as that to be honest. And maybe you can see why because some of our play last night and and the like game over there in Belgium as well was was frightening. Um, some of the goals we've scored this season has been it's been a joy to watch to be honest. Yeah, William it was a wee bit more, a wee bit less less comfortable than it should have been. Eh? I never really felt that uneasy, to be honest, at any real time. Um, I actually just enjoyed the two legs. I enjoyed the way that the both teams went at it. We obviously picked out, you know, the Israeli guy, Rafailov, before. And I thought he was very good. You know, it's weird. See, even at 34, see if he was available at the end of the season, maybe we could get him for a season or two. I just think he is a quality footballer. And... His ability on the ball, his movement, his touch, his quality over the two legs has been their standout player, in my opinion. I know he's 34, but as I say, a real standout piece of quality during last night's game and in the first leg. At 3 2, it probably made the game look tighter than it was. Kind of one of those moments that Goldson and McGregor just want to forget. You know, a wee bit of communication there probably stops that from happening. But you know, three two and four three up in the first leg. I still felt pretty comfortable, and then yet again, we just got on the front foot again. We won the penalty. You know, Borna puts it away beautifully, and then obviously Scott Wright comes off the bench, and yet again, you know, has a really, really, really good impact on the game. I'd only seen Scott Wright maybe ten times or whatever, like, and it's like sort of brief highlights here and there. So it's hard to get a gauge for a player on that overall especially at Aberdeen, because I don't watch that many Aberdeen games, obviously. But he's been a real piece of quality, and I really like what he's doing. I like the fact he's direct, he takes players on, you know, and like the one that won, you know, the penalty and added on time was brilliant. You know, he just drives between the two players, gets in between them, and see if you get into the box in that, you're always going to get some type of contact, and it was a penalty all day long, and I thought... You know, like listening to Barisic after the match talking about he felt it was the right thing to give the penalty to Itton. I think that tells you everything about our team this season. I think it shows you the mentality of the team. It's not about individuals. And there is quality individuals in that team. Let's not get that wrong. You know, Hadji can do something special. Kent can do that. But Barisic was like, no, wait a minute. Let's give Cedric a chance to score here. He's obviously maybe not played as much football as he would like to have done this season. But I thought that showed brilliant character to the whole squad, that that's just how we feel. It's all about the squad, it's not about any individual. And that game last night showed yet again that we're a very, very good team. Yeah, what, what got that, sorry, Derek. What I noticed last night as well, and I never noticed that at the time, when I watched, when I watched the goals back, was in a similar sort of, sort of thing to the, the last penalty. When Patterson came on and scored, every single player went and celebrated with him. You know, I mean, we all we all know what's happened, and we'll touch on it in a, in a bit, no doubt. But every single one of them, you know, went went and celebrated with them, which shows you the unity in the team, unity in the squad, and it's just it's a joy to see, an absolute joy to see. I've, well, I think that that's key. I think when Gerald came in, I think he established this team mentality. I was listening to Jimmy Nicol on a podcast the other night, and he was saying that when he was at Ibrox with with Marty before that, it was so fragmented it was unbelievable. For me, we're a team in every sense of the word now, you know, and that's from the the guy that plays every week to the guy that doesn't play every week to the coaching staff to the the physios, the doctors, the Jimmy Bell. Everyone's pulling in the one direction, and see when you've got a team doing that and getting momentum behind them, they're hard to beat on the pitch because they would they would a bit dramatic say they would die for each other, but in a football sense, they would. You know, they're flinging their bodies on the line. They're, wiping each other out to try and stop goals, you know, it's, it's a team in every sense of the word, and to be honest, we've not had that since, you know, obviously since Smith was here, and they'd done three in a row just before all the crap happened to us, so it's absolutely brilliant to see, and, you know, and as I said, we're, ha- we're, going to, we're hard to beat if you've got that togetherness, you know, it's hard to it's hard to penetrate. Now, you mentioned Patterson, and I have to admit, you know, I celebrated that goal last night probably more than I've done a lot of goals this season. I was so pleased for him, but 
obviously Patterson, Zungo and ba- Zungo and Bassi were on the bench. William, were you surprised at that last night? Yes. <laughs> to be honest. We'll move on. I wasn't that long in for my work, to be honest. And, you know, you get the phone out of your pocket because you're kind of wandering back along the road and you're like, all right, I wasn't expecting that. But look, I've, I suppose like watching Nathan for so long, I'm probably more forgiving with him because I've watched Nathan and I know he's just a kid and he's made a mistake. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, it's not. But I think I'm probably more forgiving than anything because I've watched him kind of grow up and obviously become a Rangers first team player. But yeah, I mean, it shows the managers, obviously, well, I don't know if he's forgiven them to an extent, but he's obviously realised that we need these guys for the European games. We don't have the deepest of squads as it is because of the fact that we don't have that many homegrown players overall in the, the sort of quota. So we do need to be smart about it. I'm fully expecting a ban for all three players in Scotland, so I'm not too sure how many games they'll play in Scotland. So it might be that they'll just be kept fresh for these European games. But a bit like yourself, I mean, I was out in my seat when Nathan scored and you could see the passion from Nathan scoring the goal. And it's probably been a tough last couple of weeks. And some people say that they brought it on themselves and they did. But we've all made mistakes. We've all did stupid things in my life. I've did many stupid things in my life, as you're aware, Derek. So, same, yeah, same. <laughs> and like say disrespectful things to other people. You, you know, I mean, like the players have did wrong. They've probably been heavily fined. They'll now pretty much beyond their final warning because any more misdemeanors in COVID, then they have absolutely no comeback. So, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly shocked, but also pleased for Nathan that he got his 45 minutes and he showed yet again why he's so highly regarded by people like myself and, like, the you know, the coaching staff at Rangers. He, he's got so much quality and it's only a matter of time before that kid is a real, real top-class player. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm exactly the same as William. There, like, I was. I was shocked as well when the news broke on on social media that initially it broke that um, that Bassi and Patterson were on the bench because when when Clyde tweeted it out, they missed out Zungu. I think I think yeah, UEFA missed Zungu off their off their initial um, posting of the team. Then it turned out the three of them were on the bench. Uh, I was I was surprised, but I mean, at the end of the day, if the if the managers Forgiving them if that's the right word, or you know, giving them a chance. He knows the situation better than I do. We've trusted Stephen Gerrard and everything he's done so far, so we've got to tr- we've got to trust him in this. And I mean, what a way to make an apology! You know, sixteen seconds on the park, and I mean, even putting them on showed a lot of balls from the manager because that could have gone spectacularly wrong for him. He could have put them on, and it could have gone all sorts of wrong because the boys not played not played any sort of football for a few weeks. Yeah. Because of what's happened, you know, having them in having them in the squad's one thing, putting them on the park, something completely different. Um, but if the managers will want, will want to maybe not forgive, but you know, come to terms with it the way he has, then who who are we to argue with? Argue with, with what he wants to do. I think the biggest thing for me then was, um, like the guys are saying, I just kind of echo like. Yes, it's not an excuse, but a young guy, and I think everybody makes mistakes at a certain point in life, and especially when you're younger. And but I think the testament to me is I'm obviously probably always don't really know the character, but see when that goal went in and all the players went to him and how much it meant to him, not just him. I think that's testament to his character. These guys know the work with him day in, day out, know what he's like in the training and all the effort he puts in. So that's enough for me. And like the guys are saying, there's probably more punishment coming. And the guy in Patterson, along with the rest, is probably going to need to take that on the chin. And, um, I think it's probably going to be what a big learning curve for him, and that's the sort of stuff that can follow you through your career. And if you, if maybe it'll be in the long run, you'll look back and go, "I'm kind of glad that happened to me early, and I've, I've learned that lesson, and I use that. That's never left me, but it's like as long as I go on my career. So fair play to the guy, and it was just nice to see how much it actually meant to him when that goal went in. I could see the passion in him, and um, yeah. it was nice. It was a nice moment to see, to be honest. It showed his maturity as well because I was listening to the um, the watch along with Jermaine Defoe and uh, Clive Tilsley, and uh, Defoe said at one point that w- when it happened that the Patterson and Bassey had messaged all the players. I take it the problem with a kind of first team WhatsApp group or whatever, but the, both of them had messaged all the players. We fucked up here. We're really really sorry. You know we'll we'll take what's coming, but but they actually apologised. And for a young guy to do that. 
whether he did it of his own back or his, you know, his parents said, look, you need to do this, or somebody else said you need to do it. The bottom line is they did it. So that was obviously easier for the first team, to, to me, easier for the first team to take him back. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't know if the other, if the other two earlier in the season did anything like that. But for me, the fact that a young guy is prepared to, to message the rest of his, his work group and say, look, we've made a mess of this and we're just telling you this is what's happened. That's, that, that shows the maturity of the guy as well. And it's probably one of the reasons they were accepted back in as readily as they have been. Yeah, I think... Sorry, I think that's important. I think with Wolf stayed spot on. You know, the first thing the players have got to do is put their hand up to accept that they made a mistake. You know, nobody can get away from that fact. That's the simple reality is that these players made a mistake. And, you know, I mean, like Nathan to me has always seemed like a really nice, quiet, kind of down-to-earth guy. But yeah, again, he's a kid that's probably earning good money. And yeah, look, he's probably made a mistake. And that's just, you know, that's just life. We can't say that, you know, we're earning the same money as footballers because we're not. So like, you know, sometimes maybe there's things in front of your eyes it's easy to do because you've got the money to do it. Or maybe sometimes you just feel as though maybe you've got a kind of, like a sort of deserve mentality that you should be able to do these things because you've got it. But I've never felt that with Nathan. You know, he's always seemed like a nice guy and he's a really nice family. And I'm sure they were probably really, you know, kind of upset and bothered by the whole thing. Because the like you see some of the stuff on social media that's getting said about players, personal abuse, and... It's not something I ever like to see, you know, and I think that's kind of one of the things that, you know, the players just have to accept that possibly for a wee while longer, they're going to have to do a wee bit more to get back in the supporters' good books because that's just the nature of it. A lot of people were angry at the time, including myself, about what had happened, but hopefully now we can maybe take a wee step away from it and think, all right, we've moved on. That one last night, boy, brings in another, what, like a million pounds? So, you know, from the club's point of view, we've got to move forward with the positivity. We've knocked out a good team in Antwerp. There's another million pounds in the bank. Can we look forward to Slavia in the next round? I think it's well. Uh, um, I actually think for the rest... Oh, sorry, sorry, Derek, mate. I think for the well, rest of the game, he actually conducted himself really. I thought he played well for the 45 minutes he came in. I thought after he got his goal, you could probably see the adrenaline must have been absolutely running through him at that point. He was just sprinting to get all the throw-ins as soon as it went out and he was right up for it and fair play to him but he actually settled into it after that and I thought he actually played well and if it, if it is a band coming from the SBA in, in the league hopefully still available for um, the Europa League and it, it, it might come in handy and he might be well needed so I, I thought to be fair he played well and good on him and that's that's what he's got to do to get and just keep on and whenever he gets his opportunity go on and try his best and be humble and hold his hands up and People forgive and forget them, man. Do you know what I mean? So, um, no, fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, it, you've mentioned words like maturity and, and they showed respect and all that, and that's obviously key for, for me, for a Rangers player who's coming through. But for me, I tweeted last night that he played like he owed somebody something. You know, he came on and he, he took the game by the scruff of the neck. He was up and at them. He got that goal that, you know, brilliant finish, great bat of football. For me, his defending was excellent. He's very aggressive in the tackle. He's... He's, he's also, he's a modern fullback in every sense, but he's got that bit of aggressiveness in the tackle about him, which I love. It's almost like the, the throwbacks to the old-fashioned Scottish right-backs that we've had in the past. It was brilliant to watch. And listen, what are people want to happen to a 19-year-old kid here? You know, he's made a mistake. He'll pay for it. He'll be fined heavily. He'll be reprimanded by the club and he will be banned by the Football Association. I have no doubts about that. So what are people want to happen here? Now, it triggered a lot of people, you know, and I had people text me last night they wouldn't really talk about football with because they're from the other side saying that, oh, how do they get away with that? And it just shows you, like, people are wanting blood from Rangers and we need to make sure that we don't give them it. And that's key for us going forward. And if Patterson and the rest have to be that example, then then so be it. But I was so pleased for him. I was jumping about the living room and it was a, a goal that we maybe didn't need. And it wasn't as if it was a last-minute winner, but I was so chuffed for him because it was a he needs that you know he's had a crap couple of weeks and that, that will lift his spirits and let's be honest about it he's a cracking football player you know what I mean and he's got a big future with Rangers for me the whole shape of the team changed last night when he came on and we just looked more like us for me and that's not any slight and bad look Balogun you know he didn't he didn't really put a foot he was a bit struggling in the last 10 minutes but the way we play we need an aggressive forward thinking fullback Nathan Parson certainly certainly is that so um, just on that do you think I'm not even sure when the SFA hearing is. Somebody said it was today, but it didn't seem anything to come out. But Wolf, do you think do you think he'll get they'll get a ban? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think the 
the the the SFA set they're still out when they, when they banned um, Edmondson and Jones for seven games. I think they've I think they've they've got that coming to them. I think it's a different situation because from from what I hear they weren't at a party like the other two where it was like a sort of get together with teammates so that yeah. all of them and their partners or, or whatever. That's the way I understand. It's still wrong. It doesn't make it right. It's still they still breach the rules, but not to the same extent as the, as the other two did earlier in the season. So it might not be as severe. And Rangers might put up a case and say, well, hold on a minute. A certain team went halfway halfway around the world, publicly broke the rules, and nothing happened to them, you know, individually. So that, that could be the club's defence. But they'll, they'll certainly get banned. I'm expecting, I'm expecting six or seven games, and the club's just going to accept it. They're just going to put their hands up and say, look, yeah, that's it, that's fine. We'll take the bans. Um, they will still be available for Europe because yes, if they can't can't ban them from European competition, so hopefully we stay in Europe a bit longer than they can they can feature all the way to Gdansk. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. William, you think they'll get a ban? Think there's a ban coming their way from from Hamden? Yeah, I think it's a certainty. I think it's something we've spoke about for the outset. I agree with Wolf. I think there's quite a bit of severity of bans. From what Will's saying, and that sounds as though that's the case, they've all went to one player's house to watch whatever's on the television that night, whether it was a boxing or whatever, and they've went with their girlfriends. Yeah, look, it's still breaking the rules, but it's not like they've went to a party at a random person's house, which, which is what Jones and Edmondson basically did. So, I mean, it's probably not the same type of severity, but... The SFA have kind of gradually went up and up and up in terms of how their bands have went. I don't feel this is quite as severe as what Jones and Edmondson done, but we only, what, we got left, like eight games in the season left. I don't know if we'll see them again this season. And the problem being is, see if they get banned for five or six games, it's then really difficult to throw them in in the last game or two. Of course. Of course. All that football. So I think what they'll probably try and do with them, a bit like what Wolfie said, is just say to them, look, I've got the two games against Slavia. Yous will be part of the squad. This is how it's going to be if you're going to get an SFA ban. So I think that's really how the club have to look at it. And I agree with Wolves, Bill. See if you try and appeal it, then you're almost kind of saying, look, the players didn't do quite as bad as what we first fought, and then it looks bad in the club. So it's a difficult one, but hopefully the ban's maybe not as severe as what Jones and Edmondson got. I think I can yep. echo that as well. And, uh, I mean, I expect the club and the players to probably, whatever comes away, it probably will be deserved and they probably just have to take their medicine and get on with it and, um, and just go ahead with that. I don't see any real need to be uh, appealing it. And we're probably in a privileged position in a sense where when it comes to the league, we don't really need to appeal it as much. And so I think the right thing to do is probably just to take it on the chin and move on as quickly as possible. Well. I think I was trying to check the when the hearing was, but I can't see anything posted. But I suppose we'll just wait and see, and hopefully we can draw a line under it, and um, the guys can enforce for uh, for the five of them that was involved. We'll see how they, they go on. But as I say, they don't deserve to be sacked or ruin careers over over a silly mistake. In my opinion, everyone deserves a second chance. Hopefully, the five guys that have been involved get that. Whether that be Rangers or elsewhere. So we'll move on to my um, next point of discussion for tonight. I mean. Gerard's had a, a great run in the Europa League, Europa League, even his first season, he managed to get to the group stages, four qualifiers, then we got to the last 16 last year, well we've done it again this year. Now Stevie, how how important has that been to Gerard and the team, um, being successful in Europe? Because obviously we've not had any domestic success, but how important has the Europa League run been to Gerard and his team? It's been massive, it's been absolutely massive and like you're saying there, in a sense where it's obviously a third season and at the minute we've not had any trophies. So there is a, an element of where people probably weighed that up and says but the success we've had in Europe has outweighed that at times. And I think for the club in terms of us moving forward and progressing and getting to where we want to be, that's it's been huge in a sense of finances and also like just the the general sort of the highlight it brings to the club and getting us back out there and getting people to go like this is what we should be doing is to be making European Europa League and getting to the knockout stages again that's what we kind of expect to be as a club and it's not just that as well it's the, the performances we've been putting in it's been it's been convincing performances and I don't know what his record was at 43 games and he's only lost five games or something yeah. in the Europa League and it's just fantastic to be honest and as a fan watching it, I don't remember such a sustained 
period under a manager who've done so well in Europe and convincingly done so well. I mean, under Walter Smith, we were a bit more dogged and get grinding out victories. And I know we done well under Dick Avocat years ago, but some of the performances we put in and the goals we've scored, is, is, it's been brilliant to watch. And it's a testament to the work that Gerard's been doing and like to see that this is what we need to be doing and this is the level we get to. And I love it, Gerard is just like, we just keep what to keep going. This is, we need to keep pushing up and we'll take who's coming next and we'll just we'll try our best and keep on going as far as we can. So it's been huge for them. It's been absolutely huge and it's been it's just as big for the club. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sorry, Derek, that's spot on, Stevie. I mean, it's, it's, it's from a prestige factor, you know, other clubs in Europe are going to look at it and say, that's at that's Rangers in the knockout stages again. That's them back in the last 16. That's them. Let's not count with tickets. Let's just potentially in the, in the quarterfinals. You know what I mean? And it's it's for, for the, the stature of the club going forward, it's absolutely massive. And it also brings in revenue that you just can't get in Scotland, quite simply. I mean, particularly this this year, this last calendar year, I mean, we'll probably be losing a thousand, a thousand pound a game in Europe because there's no crowd in. You know, so the prize money's making up for the crowds that we're not getting in. So from that point of view, I mean, it means we can attract bigger players, we can afford bigger players, and that can only help us going forward because we'll have better, we'll, we'll have better players in playing at a higher level, getting us the sort of results that we're getting in Europe, and it can only drive us forward. And we're still managing to do it in Scotland as well, you know. And the thing that makes me makes me laugh is that that you know we get we get everybody else in Scotland, you know, sort of fighting against us. You know, hope they get a really big draw and. Hope they get knocked out and all the rest of it, but these are the same people that will turn around and say, Well, why are Scotland in pop four? Well, because the coefficient shite. Why is the coefficient shite? Because everybody gets knocked out early. But Rangers are going forward, but we want them knocked out. But it helps the coefficient, you know what I mean? It's it's the way things are with us, it's, it's like a vicious circle for us. We are, we've been, Rangers have basically rebuilt Scotland's coefficient on their own. I mean, if we can get, I think if we can get, if we can get, get past. Uh, get past the uh, Slavia Prague and the two Ukrainian teams go out, it's a guaranteed straight into the Champions League the season after next, in the group stages. That's yeah. that's phenomenal from the Scottish champions being in the fourth qualifying round in the first qualifying round two years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible. You know what I mean? Absolutely incredible. And that's all that's all down to Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team and what they've done to our club. But well, Scottish football does not need a strong Rangers. No, it doesn't. No, they'd rather not need a strong Rangers. They'd rather so die than watch us be successful. <laughs> well, William, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's been massive for him. Um, the Europa League success that he's had. Yeah, look, I think when you look at it from so many different point of views, you know, financially, what we're talking about, maybe forty million pounds of revenue over those three seasons, maybe something silly like that. You know, where does that shortfall come in if we didn't do that in Europe the last few years? You know, would we have Ryan Kent? Would we have like Yanis Hadji at the club if we hadn't did so well in Europe? I think I think possibly the honest answer is no. I mean, obviously we managed to sign Ryan on the back of qualifying for the group stage last time because it, it didn't look like we were going to be able to spend that kind of money on Ryan at that time. And yet again, like that run last year, you know, getting by Braga, that was like another million pounds in the bank plus the gate receipts and then you know, the game against Leverkusen, that was another full house, etc. So, I mean, basically those three games paid for Yanis Aji. So, all these things, when you look at the financial aspect, it's been it's been massive. Football-wise, it's been tremendous. It's great to see the club back at, you know, playing against some of the top teams in Europe. I've really enjoyed these last three years, European-wise. You know, obviously having taken in quite a few of the trips as well, it's been really enjoyable. Obviously, kind of bumped into Wolf in Denmark as well, so that was great. And you know, I think like it's all good for us as a club. It's helped us propel ourselves back into the limelight again after being flogged down the leagues for a few years. And then, like you look at everything else that comes with it, you know, the the fact that a club like ours now can go and do all the sponsorship deals that we've done. Yet again, that's part of the European run. All like the you know, the shirt sponsorship, all these additional things that's coming to the club, that's all in the back of Europe. And see if we can get it to the Champions League group phase. See, instead of getting, I don't know, like a million pounds for a company, we can then go, you know what, see next season and the season after that, you're going to be in the Champions League potentially. 
do we want three million pounds for that or four million pounds? And that's what you can start pushing. And I'd imagine that like, James Bisgrove's probably sitting at his desk just praying that we get to the Champions League because he can then pick up the phone to every single company that want to sponsor Rangers and ask for more money than what he's asking for right now. Because the, the way I'm looking at it, see, commercially, it'll bring in more money. I'm really excited about Ross yeah. Wilson and Steven Gerrard getting a Champions League budget. Yeah. You know, look what they've done with literally, we've spent a bit of money, of course we have, but on a Europa League budget, what, are they, what is Ross Wilson going to do with a Champions League budget? And that that's enough to get you goosebumps thinking about that. So fingers crossed we can, we can get this over the line. Now, you mentioned that the commercial um, the commercial benefits of, of course, of, of being in Europe much longer, etc. The coefficient, you know, we're, we're single-handedly dragging that back up to, to almost, I think we're like 11th rank now and we're 25th ranked in Europe when we first, we first come back into European competitions. But how key is uh, Steve's um, Europa League success to the calibre of player we can attract? And obviously, taking them into the Champions League and we've touched on, we've got Kent, etc. and Hadji, but it just lets you lift your levels, doesn't it? If you're in Europe to later rounds every year, doesn't it? Definitely. I think there's a sense of it. It accelerates your plan, doesn't it? When Gerard first comes in, there's no doubt he was given a three, two, three, five-year plan of where you want to be, but it just allows you to maybe progress that through the stages a wee bit quicker. And just because of the players you can really attract and afford to basically bring in. And um, like you say there, if, if we can get ourselves into that next sort of level of the Champions League, it would be it's just exciting to see where that could probably take us. It's also exciting to imagine the players have already brought in and how they play and go up against some better quality players. Because I think we've definitely got players in there that can manage that level, not like perform on that level basically and have a good account of themselves. And and there's also a, the aspect of, for the fans, I think it was important because when you're going around the, the, the grounds in the lower leagues, the, the things people are talking to me and you were saying is we win the title, but also hear that Champions League music back at Ibrox. And that was a massive thing for me. And I think that will be, to be able to get us in an opportunity just with under three years with Gerard to maybe have, have that is just huge. It's absolutely massive. And that's, uh, it's, I just hope we can we can do it because it really will be an amazing night. That night, to be honest, when we're in Ibrox again. Yeah, get, get excited about it. I'm going to ask you one question before the next bit. William, I'll go round the table with this one, all right? So, William, would you swap the last, the success in the Europa League for a League Cup or a Scottish Cup? No. And a word, no. <laughs> no, I just, I don't think you can put like a League Cup or a Scottish Cup on top of what we've done in Europe. When you look at the quality of the teams we've played against, all the great European trips we've had over the last few years, I just think it's been a joy to watch. It's been great, you know, like during the week. We went for years during the week covering to watch all these Europa League and Champions League games, and we were sitting waiting to play Stirling Albion on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, it was like so like sort of to be back in that draw again and you know, the excitement of booking the trips and you know, getting away with the guys and having a bit of banter and having a few beers and stuff like that. Those are special moments, you know, and stuff that, like, I'll remember for a long, long time. Like, you know, like sort of rolling up in Macedonia. I never thought we'd go to Macedonia in my life, you know what I mean? I mean, still don't know how we ended up in Macedonia, but, you know, we did, like, via Italy and the Czech Republic and Amsterdam and wherever else we did. I don't know. But, look, I mean, that's the buzz of it, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed these last three years. And, no, I wouldn't take a League Cup or a Scottish Cup for what we've done in, in Europe in the last three years, not a chance. Well, how about you? At the, at the time, we knocked out of those Cups, of course, I would have taken the Cups, <laughs> but the, the the big picture is, as William says, we've needed Europe, because without the running, we don't have the money to attract the players like, like Kent and Hadji and, and the likes. And not only can't we attract them, they don't want to come to us. Why would they want? Why would they want to come to a team, a club that's getting knocked out with teams in Luxembourg, yeah. for example? You know, when the manager's standing in a bush shouting at the supporters and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that, just why would you want to come to a basket case club like that? You know I'm still mean? trying to get over that, Wolf. That just yeah. gave me shivers there, Wolf. Thanks for that, mate. It was, <laughs> it was just, I can still actually see him standing in that bush. It was oh, just I'm glad I've never seen it in person. Oh. <laughs> Horrific. So, Horrific. Steve, would, would, you know, would, I mean, why, why would? Why would these? Sorry, why would these players want to come to a club? 
of that of that standing. So the European uh, one's been critical of that. But it would have been nice if we could, if we could have picked up a League Cup or a Scottish Cup along the way. Yeah. It's but, just PT. PTSD. Well, for every time you say Kasuna, I got a tick, but your, your point's valid. You know, your point's definitely valid. <laughs> Stevie, what about you, mate? Would you swap the Europa League success for a for a Scottish Cup or a League Cup in the last couple of years? No, I, I don't think anyone really could, to be fair. I, but don't get me wrong, at the time, and when we're going for these Cups, and maybe when we get put out, like whoever was Aberdeen and stuff like that, and I felt like the team needed a, t- a trophy, actually, at times, to push us on, but I've been proved wrong because this season they've just went on and they've just went and took it to the next level again. So I think in any aspect, like what that, the money, the prestige and probably the belief that you the European runs brought to the players and the team, I think there's no way you could probably trade it in for that, to be honest. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, it's Europe has put us back on the map for us. You know, your talk sport talking about is English media, foreign media, all got great things to say about us because we're not only doing it in Scotland, we're also going showing how good we are in Europe, and there's not many teams that can do both. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would I totally agree with Freeze. I would uh, rather be where we are now in Europe than, than have a domestic cup. All very well saying that we're going to win the league in a couple of weeks, hopefully. So that's easier to say. Mm-hmm. Um, when we'll have all the domestic success that comes with that. So well, some sad news this week that we've, we've lost one of our uh, staff members um, to Inverness, Caledonia, and Thistle. Uh, and that's Neil McCann's. Uh, looks as if he's re- leaving the Rangers TV ranks to go and take up the interim manager of uh, role of, of Inverness Cali. They say he's taken over from John Roberts. I don't want to go too much. And John's obviously got some some personal problems going on. So um, I hope everyone, if he's anyone's listening, is connected with John. You know things things get better for him at his side. But Stephen Neil McCann's going to be a big loss to Rangers TV. I mean, I've loved watching him. He's, he's superb, isn't he? Ah, he's brilliant, to be honest. The way he talks about the game, you could listen for hours. To be honest, I wish the show started at 2 o'clock and no half to, to be honest, just to let him chat some more. But uh, I really hope he goes and does well because he comes across as a guy that's got the tactical knowledge but also the hunger and the passion to actually push a team on. So when you when you listen to him, you think he's got all the ingredients to be a good manager. And I, I do think he'll go there and do well and um, we'll see what happens. But I'll just be gutted for him that he's uh, I'll gutted for us that we, we don't get to listen to him every week. And uh, but no doubt, I'm sure he'll have one eye on the Rangers score anyway. I think he was trying to build in his contract that he yeah. could still do it, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm sure. He, I don't know if you heard that. Well, for, uh, <laughs> I certainly the way he was talking in his first interview on Inverness Cali Telly, it was almost as if he was as gutted as we were to see him leave. Well, for I know we weren't lightheartedly talking about this year, but he's going to be a big loss. I mean, he was a big part of the match entertainment for us, wasn't he? Oh, he is. I mean, he's, he's the best pundit in Scotland in the country, Michael. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. Yeah. He's great to listen to. Um, he really does know his stuff. I mean, I saw his, his interview tonight before the Inverness game with Hearts, uh, his first game his first game in interim charge. And he said that he, he was as surprised as anyone. He got a phone call on the on last Sunday from Scott Gardner, the Inverness CEO, to say, look, can you can you come and stand in for, for Robbo? in the interim period and he didn't really want to I got the way he was talking he didn't really want to do it until the situation was explained to him you know and he's obviously he's, he's probably with Robertson they would have played together at Hearts you know they'll know each other and he said look if it helps you I'll do it I'll, I've got things to sort out but I'll do it for you which is a mark of the, which is a mark of the man I'm just hoping that I wish him all the best at Inverness but I'm hoping he doesn't do too well because I want him back on Rangers TV because if he does too well somebody's going to go for a permanent gig and then we'll we'll no see him back. And I'd really like to see him back at Rangers TV. Yeah, I, I was just checking the score there when you were talking. Obviously, it's his first game tonight. Still one, one. So it's uh, one each at Inverness at the moment. Uh, so he, they've obviously got loads of games to catch up. Um, William, can you see him doing a turn up there? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a very smart football guy. I think, you know, probably doesn't take much to, you know, to realise that whenever you hear him speaking on Rangers television. I really enjoy being Shelly Kells on as well. I think she comes across really well, really knowledgeable. But Neil is exceptional. You know, when he shows you like the breakdown of things and he's talking about the runs that players should be making and how that ball should be inside rather than outside. That should be a run. They should be two feet wider and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people that do it in the games maybe don't really see that, but that's why he was a top footballer. And that's why he understood the game so well. I mean, I would... I would love to see him back at Rangers in some capacity. You know, I know... I mean, I'm always a bit kind of thing because of the academy, but I would love to see him as an academy coach. 
you know, imagine his ability and his coaching with some of the academy players. Imagine like just like pulling like I don't know the best three or four wingers in the academy and letting them spend a couple of days with Neil McCann and him explaining how to get to the byline, how to whip in across. Just all of these things. I mean, I just think he would be a really great fit for Rangers, but I'm sure Neil sees himself as a as a first team manager. So I, sadly, I don't think we'll see him at the Rangers Academy anytime soon. No, that, that, that would be great. I think the only way I'll be consoled next next weekend when we play St Mullen is if uh, Walter Smith's on that panel mm. instead of him. That's the only thing that will that will make me happy when I turn on that Rangers TV. Uh, hopefully it works. Um, so I, that, I just want to finish. I want to finish tonight on a positive note and I just want to talk about one of our players' performances over the last couple of weeks to, to end the podcast and that's, that's Alfredo Morelos. I mean... We know how good he is. Don't need to tell anyone that's listening how good Alfie is. But last couple of games, Wolf, he's been almost unplayable, hasn't he? He's been, he's been, he's been incredible. I mean, the, I mean, the, the Antwerp tie, we scored nine goals, and he's involved in eight of them. And the only reason he's not involved in the ninth one is he was sitting in the stand because he'd been taken off. You know, and then uh, last weekend he was involved in everything. He's just been, he's been, he's been absolutely unplayable. And on, on top of that, he's done an interview in English. Yeah, I, mean, I was so happy. Just, great. I mean, that, that the season the season's complete. We just need to finish off the league, go win the Europa League, and it's just picked the perfect season. It was it was like watching my child take his first the first words. You know, I was so proud. I was. I t- it's, it's, it's the last thing I needed after being emotional. I went in last night's game was to see them talk in English. It was uh, it was a real thing of beauty. And Stevie's been unplayable. He's, he's, we could wax lyrical all day, but he's really stepped up the game the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? I think there's a chance to get him on the pod now, to be honest. That's it. We should try and get him in. <laughs> um, but I know he's fantastic. And I think we've all said before, he's, we're just a different and a better team with, with him in it. And the way he goes about and just nice to see him a smile on his face as well at times, to be honest. And it's like uh, when he, that smell when uh, the goals were going in and he's play like that. He's assist for uh, Kent's goal last night. was fantastic. So it, uh, he's just a cracking player. And, um I'm already a wee bit worried for the summer, to be honest, but uh, we'll maybe cross that bridge when it comes to it. So, uh, William, Stevie says it, he's he's going to have suitors, no doubt about it. Do you see him, now that he's picked up his form, going for big money? Well, his European record suggests that he's a good striker at that level, so I'd imagine there'll be teams sniffing about. I suppose the only worry is we don't know how COVID's going to affect the market this summer. Of course. You know, is there going to be football supporters back in the ground next season? It looks as though we will have maybe not a full capacity, but potentially maybe half, maybe slightly more. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. But look, anybody that's watched Alfredo play for Rangers the last couple of years in particular, you know, he's phenomenal. His link-up play, his movement, the way that he bullies. I mean, he actually bullied their whole defence at times last night. I mean, there's not that many players that can do that at like this level of the game. And he makes it look easy at times. I know it's not, but he just does because he's so strong. But you know, like, it's weird with him. Like you watch his attitude switch on last night, and he's phenomenal. And for Gerard to come out and speak the way he does about him shows you how much Gerard rates him. You know, I know Gerard at times maybe does go a wee bit over the top with Alfredo, but that's because he's a top player for us. And without Alfredo this season in some of the big games that we've played, like the Aberdeen game, the Hibs game, even the European game against Antwerp the last two we probably wouldn't be where we were without him because of what he offers the team. And yeah, look, if if it comes to the summer and somebody's prepared to offer a silly amount of money in the current kind of state of the world, it's going to be extremely difficult for Rangers to turn that down. But, you know, it, it, it's been an absolute privilege watching Alfredo since he came into the team to where he is now, a full Colombian international. And obviously, Fallerhood seems to be treating him very, very well as well. And, I think anybody that's seen the pictures of his wee girl would definitely confirm that's Alfredo's girl. You know, well, he can't deny that. Can't, he can't, he can't it's deny like that. It's like he's absolute double. Even the growl looks like Alfredo when he's on the pitch and the rest of his fans to book him. So it's quite, you know, it's quite funny. But yeah, he's just a top player and he's definitely one of those guys that for a long time people will be talking about him as one of our top, top strikers. Yeah, he's the best I've seen in a long while. And I think it's, uh, I've said before in previous podcasts, it's, Absolutely written in the stars that he's going to score the goal that wins us the league this year. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully that's a parkhead. But hopefully, from before then, to be honest. But I, I honestly, I just see it as 
I can see it all happening in front of me. So fingers crossed. And with that, thanks everyone for uh, joining me tonight on the Rangers Ravel. Uh, it's been a, been a good chat. I probably could keep going, but we don't want to don't want to bore people. But thanks everyone for listening to the Rangers Ravel. Uh, brought to you by Manscaped tonight, and I'll catch you all soon. Cheers. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.